right, we'll get to do some football now with uh, Sean O'Hara. He knows his way around the offensive line a little bit. So uh, you can see him on the NFL Network, among other things. So he, he joins us now. Let me tell you exactly where he is. Uh, um, you can see him on Wednesday on NFL's, uh, NFL Network's NFL Playbook at 6 o'clock. Uh, that's where you will find them. And then, of course, remember, they have the Rams and the Niners. Plenty of seats available if you're looking to go to that game tonight. Uh, they only have about 30,000 empty seats so far for the Rams and the Niners. That California football is catching on uh, really well. Uh, so, uh, But they got plenty of seats available for that one tonight uh, as we welcome Sean. And, Sean, welcome. How are you? Hey, Mike. I'm doing well, man. Back on the East Coast. Feels yeah. good. All right, Sean, we might get to the giant offensive line. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> we might. So uh, you can start anywhere you would like along that minefield. Uh, well, it's been a tough week for Giants fans. Uh, it was certainly tough to watch on, on Monday night. But, um, you know, it's it's really kind of the same story, different year. And I think that's where a lot of this frustration has started. But uh, it's not just on, on them. I mean, as tough as as they have looked at times, you know, I, I look at it from the other standpoint of, look, if, if I know my offensive line is struggling a little bit, i got to run the ball. I can't, I can't ask them to, to pass protect 40 times in a game. i got to try to let them be aggressive and let them wear some guys down. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of blame and plenty of blame to go around for everybody uh, for the Giants right now. But this, uh, this is a huge game for them to uh, – you know, obviously go down to Philly, go down the turnpike, and uh, nobody wants to start out 0-3, but, but Philly looks pretty good, too. So that's going to be a great game. I know you're looking forward to watching that one, too. Well, I think the, I agree with you a little bit in that the Giants, uh, they bent a little bit in their personnel. They went and got a blocking tight end to go with their speed tight end. They went and added a fullback to the roster. So they got these guys now on the roster, so they might as well use them and that might take to come out and do a little of that might take the pressure off them in Philly, especially since we know what Philly likes to do. Um, you wonder if they feel comfortable playing with that personnel. They haven't in the past, but they did add a fullback to the roster this year. But before we get to any of that, when you have a guy failing as much as a first-round guy is out there on that left tackle island, um, how do you get him back in the mix? Uh, is he salvageable mentally? I mean, what do you see when you look at Flowers? Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with the mental part of it. And the, the one thing that it looked Monday night like he was mentally defeated. Everybody gives up sacks in the NFL. Those guys get paid a lot of money, too. So to get beat by a sack is, is not the end of the world. But when it's just... The lack of leverage and, yep. and I mean, he gets picked up awareness. in the air at 330 yards and uh, 330 pounds gets picked up and moved. Yeah, and let's be honest, like Ziggy Anza, Ziggy Anza is a good rusher, but he's not a power rusher by any means. He had two sacks all last year in 13 games, so I mean, he's not this, you know, JJ Watt. But to get thrown around like that is just the, the it's really it comes down to a couple things. He, there is zero knee bend. When I watch him on film, he's standing up like a giraffe. That infuriates me because that's self-inflicted you've got to get low it's a, it's a game of leverage and then to not finish blocks and not have your hands on guys i mean I, i'm watching film all week long i can't tell you how many times i see offensive linemen just sticking on their blocks blocking guys through the whistle i mean they 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 block their guy like their life depends on it and when i watch the giants it's literally like okay 
If they put their hands on the guy for two seconds and then it's an escort to the quarterback. So it's, it's really tough to watch that. I, you mentioned the fullback. I, I looked at this offense and I said, wow, the first play of the preseason this year, they started out in a fullback and a tight end in, in eye formation and they ran downhill and I said, good. They've got the message. They need to do more of this. And then we haven't seen it. Nope. And without Odell Beckham, I don't understand why you wouldn't say, hey, we don't have our best player. Let's find another way to kind of take the pressure off of Eli. Let's take the pressure off of this passing game. And they've been in every game, so it hasn't been blowouts, but they have yet to run the ball three times in a row. Tampa Bay and Miami have played in one game, and they've already run the ball more times than the Giants have in two games. Talking with Sean O'Hara, who uh, was a tremendous Giant offensive lineman, and the one thing the Giants had, you know, there's there's two kinds of offensive lines. You can have the... You know, the storybook one, like the Cowboys have, a bunch of, you know, first-round picks who are all glorified guys, who are all wonderful talents. We know that. They're big, they're strong, they got the whole thing. Or you can have the kind of lunch pail guys that the Giants have always had, whether it was the Suburbanites, whether it was you guys. And what you guys had was that you were tough, you were cohesive, and you were versatile. You could move deal. You could move soybit. You guys could play different positions. I think that having that kind of tenacity, you need tenacity from your offensive line. This giant offensive line, and I don't want to knock each guy individually, but there doesn't seem to be any tenacity with this line. You know, it, it really is a, it's a lack of identity, uh, and I think it's all kind of coupled with what we're talking about with, you know, their, their pass blocking majority of the time. They're, they're not, I mean, they were in 11 personnel more than any team last year, so yep. that, that's kind of who they were last year. This year you want to see a different identity. You know, when people talk about some of these other offensive lines, and, and we were there, the Super Bowl 42 team was at that game Monday night, and the crazy thing is when I came to the Giants in 2004, as a free agent, and Coach Coughlin came in. That was Eli's first year. We inherited the worst offensive line in the NFL, according to Joe Theismann at the time. And I remember carrying that moniker around all year in 2004 because he had said it about the 2003 team. Well, we dealt with that, and we were we were angry about it, but we said we got to do something about it. So that same group of guys was the same group of guys in 2008 that went 11-1 and were on the cover of ESPN yep. the magazine. It, it was through time and through chemistry – we weren't the best offensive linemen individually in the NFL, but we played together the best. And that's where this group has just got to find a way to play better together. You, you know who's got the hard hat each week. You know who's got the tough block. You know how to help them out. Um, and, and they're not doing all that right now. But uh, certainly, you know, as much as everybody's focusing on the offensive line, look, when, when Eli throws a dart and you got to catch it, you know, Eli puts a ball in the bread basket on Brandon Marshall, you got to catch the ball. You know, he, he finds a way to maneuver out of the pocket down the sideline, hits Evan Ingram, and the ball gets jarred loose. Um, you know, there, there's other plays that, that can be made that will take the pressure off of everybody. You know how hard it is, Sean. When, this, when things are going bad, football's tough, and that's why be, getting off the fast thoughts can make years with football teams. And, and that's why right now, I mean, this is a t- tall order for this team. It's a tough game, tough place to play, and a good challenge for them, but let's see if they're ready to respond. I mean, it's going to be, yeah. you, know, you know, this could go one of two ways here this week. Well, and you mentioned fast starts. Uh, I mean, both possessions in, the, in, the, in their first two games have had a sack in them. So I look at this. If I see a seven-step drop in the first ten plays, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my remote at the TV because you you've got to throw some screens in there, some quick passes, get the ball out. Do not allow a sack to even take place in the first ten plays of the game. And you know, whenever you mention fast starts and and you're playing the Philadelphia Eagles, 
I can't remember how many times we would go down to Philly, and I would look up halfway through the first quarter, and we're down 14 points. Yep. Andy Reid would score on the opening possession of every single game. Doug Peterson does the same thing. I mean, they marched right down the field last week against Kansas City. They only got a field goal, but that this this Eagles offense is explosive. Uh, they've got a really good offensive line. And, you know, Matthew Stafford ran around on the Giants on Monday night. They couldn't seem to get to him. And they have a makeshift offensive line that they kind of pieced together uh, this year in free agency. So Jason Peters, Lane Johnson, uh, th- this offensive line can give Carson Wentz some time. And if Janoris Jenkins doesn't play and if there's no B.J. Goodson, they're licking their chops right now. Do you like the idea of sticking with guys and try and fix the offensive line? Or are you one that would rather – Give other guys a chance to see what they can do on the offensive line. Well, the frustrating part right now, Mike, is you know you can't fix it now. You had the offseason to fix it. You know now you've got to find a way to to how do we win in spite of. Um, you know I, I've always said that you know offensive linemen are like the tires on your car. You know nobody pays attention to them until they go flat. Yep. Well, you took your car to the dealership this spring, and the guy said, "Look, the tread's a little low on your tires. Do you want to spend the money and invest on it?" And you said, "No." Now you got two flat tires. So. It's it's basically plug them up, you know. You you gotta you gotta find ways. This is where coaches get paid the big bucks to say, okay, how do we win games now with who we have? There's no cavalry coming. There's there's no nobody you can trade for really to come in and rescue everybody. Um, you know, I, I think that they've got to do a good job uh, of sliding and protecting and helping. You know, if you, if you just say, look, we're going to slide Eric Flowers our left tackle. You don't have to worry about your inside. We've got your inside. Just don't get beat to the outside. All right, now you've taken care of that problem. But now we got the front side to worry about. If Justin Pugh has moved over to right tackle, how do we help that guy out? So, uh, you know, you're, you're plugging up holes, but you're going to run out of fingers. Do you like the idea of taking your best lineman, which Pugh is, and putting him at a spot he's not as good at? Or would you rather put him at his best spot and play from the idea that we're as strong as our strongest link? So would you like him better back at left guard where he plays to a very high level? Or you want to play him at a position he's not as good at? I'd rather keep him at guard. You know, I don't like moving two guys around. So Bobby Hart goes down, and now instead of plugging in somebody at right tackle and keeping the other four guys the same, now you're moving two guys. Um, I think Pugh is a better guard than a tackle. Clearly is, no question. He, he, he definitely Played really position. well at left guard last year. Yeah, and, and, you know, really, I mean, look, let's be honest. This is now showing the lack of depth because if yes. your tackle, one of your tackles goes down and you, and you don't have somebody that's coming off the sideline, then what are you doing with your roster? Right, and, 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 and the Wheeler kid's there, and Fluker, I guess, is hurting, and, and they have Wheeler, so you wonder whether they give him a chance, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would like to see Wheeler. You know, I mean, Biznawati is the kid they drafted, but he's on the practice squad. So, um, you know, I think it, it can't hurt to get Wheeler some reps and just see, hey, maybe he can help us out. And, and you know what, if you give him some reps now, maybe in week nine or week ten, if you have to call on him to, to play somewhere else, now at least he's already cut his teeth a little bit. So, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, they're under siege right now, and the uh, ship's taking on water. Everybody's got to grab a bucket. You know, you don't hear about, we're talking about Sean O'Hara, who obviously did a great job for the Giants on, on the offensive line, uh, NFL Network now. People don't talk about offensive line coaches very often. There's a couple of uh, exceptions through the years. Uh, you know, uh, there was one in Cincy. You know, Dante Skarnecki gets a lot of attention, uh, you know, because they think so highly of him there. He gets a lot of attention. You had one that was really good, uh, and he was mostly unsung. What did he do during these times? I mean, how important was what you got from your line coach during these times when things weren't going well? 
Yeah, Pat Flaherty. He's uh, a really flat, good one. Flat, yes. as we like to call him. Yes. Uh, he was great. And and you know what? There's there's a couple different kinds of line coaches in the NFL. There's X and O guys who will teach you all about you know defensive philosophies and here's the scheme and how we're going to block. And then there's technique guys. There's very few guys that can do both. And and Flats was that kind of guy. But the one thing I really appreciated with Flats was um, he was very hands-on when it came to shaping the identity of our group. What kind of mental toughness were we going to have? What kind of identity, what kind of players were we going to be? Were we going to be the kind of guys that were finishing guys on the pile? If you're standing around, hey, we're going to come and smack you. We're not going to let you hit our quarterback. We're going to get after you. We're, we're going to be the ones that are doing the hitting. Um, you know that, that was the kind of mindset that he brought. And Ironically enough, you know, the Giants didn't retain him. He goes down to Jacksonville, and now look at their offense now with Leonard Fournette. They look like a totally different football team. Um, it's It really is a culture, um, and I think that's really one of the things that's kind of lost on offensive line play now. You don't have as many practices. You don't have as many reps in training camp as you did a lot years ago. Not even close, especially and, on running game. Yeah, so it's a very diluted product now, and – you know, it's. I think week three will probably be much better than we saw in week one and week two, um, but it, it's really taken a long time for these groups to, to get their act together. All right, uh, Sean O'Hara, we're talking about. Let's go a little bit in the league right now. Um, clearly, in the NFC, I don't think there's any secret. As they played Detroit this week, Atlanta's the class of the NFC. We can see that a mile away. Uh, they should have. They should have been Super Bowl champs. We know that they're trying to get back and see if they can right the wrong. Uh, they are loaded. Uh, do you think the Lions, who are one of the other two teams that are unbeaten right now after beating Arizona and the Giants, you think the Lions got a chance this week against the in Detroit against uh, Atlanta, or do you think it's Atlanta to move ahead here? Because if the Lions get the 3-0, and having beaten Arizona, the Giants, and Atlanta, you got to take them seriously. Yeah, I'm, I'm not ready to jump on the Lions bandwagon just yet. I mean, they... You know they're two and zero, and I get it, but I, I still don't. I think their old line is suspect. Um, I think the Giants were very close to a couple of big sacks that could have really changed. Quarterback's mobile. He was, did some good things. Yeah. Yeah, he scrambled three times yeah. for twenty three yards, and and he bought some time down in the red zone for that touchdown to Ebron. And I, I don't know if that's going to be something he's going to be able to carry out. I think Atlanta is just a buzzsaw. I think they, are good. they might be even better now. Than Atlanta is the year. best team in the league, no question. Yeah, they their defense has gotten so much faster. Now the question is, without Vic Beasley, can Tack McKinley step up? He's going to get a lot more playing time. Yep. Um, they're going to have to move Brooks Reed around to kind of let him be more of a pass rusher. But I think Desmond Trufant, him being healthy, you know, he he was hurt last year with the pec injury, didn't play in the Super Bowl and the playoffs. So uh, having him back there is huge. Keanu Real, Keanu Neal is, I mean, he's a thumper. He is kind of like a younger version of Cam Chancellor. So. I really like the speed that they have on defense. Um, and their offense is lethal. Matchup. And their offense is just lethal. I mean, it's, it's got everything. Yeah, Devontae Freeman is just, he's so low to the ground. It kind of reminds me of Tiki Barber, how he would just kind of slash and, and cut back and forth. And he, he's, he's a tough guy to bring down because he is so low. And then the changeup with Tevin Coleman. Um, I'll, I'll say this. This whole offseason, everybody was asking, what's this offense going to look like without Kyle Shanahan? Steve Sarkeesian is doing a great job. And I, and I think the way that they're still using the play action, they're still moving Matt Ryan around. He's hitting eight different receivers every single game. Um, you know, they had not missed a beat. No, they look very, very they look better than everybody else. Because even some of the other teams, I mean, Seattle has problems on their offensive line, no question. 
Uh, Green Bay, they just handled Green Bay. I mean, uh, you can talk about anybody in the NFC East, but they're all a cut below. So clearly, I mean, I, I think Atlanta is a, a a good deal ahead of anybody in the NF, in the NFC. And I think if they win this game this week and they have Buffalo next week, they're going to go to a point where they're going to be very hard. You're going to be thinking about week 9 and 10 that you're going through Atlanta to try and get through the NFC playoffs because they're going to have the best record in the, AFC, in the NFC. I don't think I'd be very surprised if they don't. Yeah, I, I think as long as they can, you know, keep their off of the line healthy. I know their right tackle Ryan Schroeder went down. Um, you know, anytime you start scratching into the depth of your own line this early on, it, it's kind of tough. But they they're built for the long haul, and, and I think going through what they went through in the Super Bowl might actually make them stronger. Yeah, and you know, Alex Mack really solidified that team when he got there too. It made a big difference. And Seattle looks like, you know, they were lucky to win last week. Their offensive line is just brutal right now. Yeah, Russell Wilson, you know, it's kind of the same thing. That he's running for his life. Uh, you know, when their left tackle, George Fant, went down in the preseason, uh, they kind of went into full scramble mode. But their identity's been different for the last couple of years. They, they've gotten away from that run-first offense. You know, Russell Wilson's throwing the ball all over the place. And, you know, when I was watching their film breaking it down, he threw the ball 39 times, and he only threw two balls to Jimmy Graham. Something's going on there. That, to me, blows my mind. When you get down in the red zone, it used to be slam dunk, you're going to Jimmy Graham. And he's just a non-factor. They're keeping him in the block. Um, you know, Russell Wilson's not looking at him. The defense really isn't paying attention to him. So, you know, I, I think that they're not hitting on all cylinders offensively. And until they get Jimmy Graham involved, uh, that offense is going to be questionable. Talking with Sean O'Hara, NFL Network. Uh, three teams out west, Denver, Kansas City, Oakland, all, th- all 2-0. All impressive. All doing a job, all beating the you know beating the heck out of everybody. You know, Kansas City beats New England. Denver crushes the uh, Cowboys. Uh, you know, the Raiders go into Tennessee and whip on them. Uh, so they've all had the impressive wins. They're all unbeaten. They're all scoring points. Of the three, which one you like the best right now? I like the Chiefs. Um, you know, I think offensively, their 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 big playability with Tyree Kill and Kareem Hunt has been unbelievable to watch, and the way that the, the Andy Reid's moving them around, and you know, it can be a screen pass that they break. It could be Tyreek Hill out of the backfield. Um, they've got so much versatility offensively, but you know, the reason why I put the Chiefs ahead of the other two is I just feel like their defense is playing lights out, and their ability to get after the quarterback. You know, they sacked Carson Wentz six times. Um, you know, and it wasn't just D. Ford or or Justin Houston. It's Chris Jones is getting involved. So. They're able to get after the quarterback a number of different ways. I really, I think Oakland has the best offensive line in the league right now, the way that they're playing smash mouth football. And, you know, and then we've seen a couple of little wrinkles here. Cordell Patterson's in there running back now, and, you know, he breaks a long run, so they've got a little speed to go with, with uh, Crabtree and, and Cooper. Um, I just don't know if their defense, you know, I'm not sold on them yet. You know, even with Khalil Mack in there, they're, they're still not taking over games. Um, and Denver, as good as Trevor Simeon's looked, um, you know, their offensive line is, is a little bit shaky. Menelik Watson at right tackle, you can't leave him by himself. He gave up three sacks in, in the first game. And then Garrett Bowles, their, their rookie left tackle, got dinged. So uh, they're kind of protecting their quarterback with the run game. But down the stretch, you know, they might be looking a little thin at tackle. Um, well, you know, int- interesting from that standpoint. And you mentioned the Raiders. So you think right now, you take, now we know how good the Raider interior line is. When you take it all five into account, you would take the Raider line over the Cowboy line right now? 
the way they're playing right now, and it's just two weeks, um, you know, I, I still think Tyron Smith is the best left tackle in the game. I think Zach Martin's probably one of the best guards, and Travis Frederick's probably one of the best centers. But when you t- look all across the board, Calicio Simile, the left guard for the Raiders, is just, he's not blocking people. He's destroying people. Yeah, he is. It's fun to watch him. I mean, he's literally. Their interior is awesome. I mean, their three interior guys are crazy good. Yeah, Rodney Hudson is, he's probably more physical than Travis Frederick. Frederick might be a little more athletic, but, you know, Calicio Simile, he looks like he's playing on an eight foot rim out there. And I, the, the surprise for Oakland is. Austin Howard left by a free agency. They bring in Marshall Newhouse, who struggled with the Giants last year. Now Marshall Newhouse is playing lights out at right tackle. Interesting. He's, he's one of three tackles that haven't hasn't given up a pressure all season. So long. you think it's who you play with too, right? Well, yeah, it's it's who you play with, and they're running the ball. So now Marshall Newhouse is not dropping back 38, 34, 39 times pass blocking. He's actually able to run the ball and be a little more physical. So uh, the, the way that they're that they're mashing people up, they look good. You know, I, I was shocked that Dallas. Could not run the ball against Denver. Um, you know, I, I think that that was a little bit of an anomaly. I still think that they're they're one of the best groups. Um, you know, I think they just kind of got away from things a little bit, and uh, I'm sure they'll bounce back. For those of us who assess the NFL and never played in it, uh, we look at weeks when teams are 0-2, and we talk about teams that have talent that are 0-2 and desperate, dangerous teams, okay, that you think – that not, listen, there's bad teams. You're a bad team. I mean, you're Cleveland. You're Cleveland. You're Indianapolis. Without luck, you're Indianapolis. You're a bad team. No, nothing's going to help you. But then you look at the teams that are desperate, that you know had talent, like the Giants, like Cincinnati, which you know has too much talent to be that bad. I mean, uh, despite the quarterback being in a funk, do you think Owen two desperate teams? You've been in that room. You've been in that spot. Uh, are Owen two teams more desperate and more dangerous, or are they not? Yeah, I, I think they are desperate. Um, and does that know, make them more dangerous? Where you think they're going to show up and give you a bad effort because they are Owen two, knowing so much is on the line? Yeah, I, I think it is. I've always felt like it's not always who you play, but when you play them. I think that's and, very true. You know, the Saints at Owen two right now. I mean that 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 could be a, a dangerous team. To I don't play. know if they're good though. That's the only thing I wonder about their defense. They just don't look like they have any. Yeah, they keep giving up big plays. Eight yards a play. That, that that'll 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 discourage anybody, um, you know. And then you got teams like the Bengals too, and it's Bengals you know, are too wow. good. They have too much talent to play like that. Yeah, they're they're, they're a scary team because you know you look at a couple plays here and there, and they could be two and zero. But the one thing you know is when you're playing a team that's zero two, get on them early because the one thing that 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 seeps out of you quicker than anything right. is your confidence. Right. And if you can get up on on them early and just kind of say, look, it's this is not your year. You kind of get them. The Eagles are going to try and jump the Giants right out of the gate, that's without question. Absolutely, yeah, and, and that's um, you know, especially if you look over there at the Giants and and they're missing their starting middle linebacker, they're missing Janoris Jenkins. Um, you know, they're they're going to spread them out, and um, you know, the one thing that that Detroit did to the Giants too was they they kept them in their nickel package, and they said we're gonna we're gonna go four two five nickel on you, and yep. we're gonna run the ball. Yep, nothing wrong with that, and it worked. Yep. And also Eli Apple, you know, he had good position. He just made a bad play on that for, on that touchdown. I mean, he had to, he was right there. He just didn't play the ball right. Yeah, just didn't locate it. Yeah, so I mean, things like that are just going wrong. I think the defense is fine. I'm not worried about the defense for the Giants, but I think, you know, the special teams killed them the other night, you know, and you can't you can't start after a, after a touchdown, you can't start the other team's 45-yard line, you know. So, I mean, that's just bad football. That's all there is to it. You know, 15 and then 15 for kicking it out of bounds, that's a little much. I mean, I could see some coaches would have gone nuts in that spot. 
Yeah, right now they're not playing good enough football to overcome little things like that. Those, those kind of things just, just kind of blow up on you. Well, listen, good to talk to you. Thanks very much, Sean. We're watching. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. All right. It. Sean O'Hara on the Giants.